0: And the ones that were doing okay before now are doing brilliantly. Visit CTC Math today and start your free trial. That's ctcmath.com.
1: This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show.
2: Hey, everyone, and welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz with an episode of Vintage Homeschool Moms. And today I have a special guest on the line. She is the author of The 4-Hour School Day. And welcome, Dorinda Wilson.
3: Thank you for having me. It's it's an honor to be here today.
2: Oh, I'm excited because um, I was able to um, go through your book, and I have to tell you, uh, we have a lot of things in common, except we never got it down to four hours of a school day. But my children always started from at eight, and they wanted to be done by noon. And that was a self imposed deadline. So I always thought that was really uh, funny. And I thought, gosh, you know, we're getting so much done, but maybe we're missing something. So <laughs> your book, um, I'm going to call it required reading for homeschoolers, because you have so many nuggets in here that I wish I had known when I started all those many moons ago, and um, so many good things that I think parents need to hear, even if they've been homeschooling a while. In fact, I told my daughter recently, um, who has been homeschooling quite some time now. My my oldest granddaughter's fifteen, and she started her in kindergarten, and probably before that. And so she said to me, Mom, can't you just tell me the highlights? I'm like, well, don't worry, honey. I sticky noted and highlighted for you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I totally understand. Moms don't have a lot of time, but at the same time, uh, we also need our cups filled, you know?
2: Right, right. And I think that was um, one of the things I loved is that you had... Um, you know, some real life incidences with your children and then also, um, you know, some things that you were very, uh, clear about. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, here we have, you know, a raving fan here uh, as we, as we go on, but I would want like you to tell the audience a little bit about yourself and, um, and your homeschool journey. So first start with your, you know, background, a little bit about you and your family.
3: Okay. Well, I'm married to Daryl and we will be married 32 years here in a few months. We have um, eight kids ages 16 to 30. We have our seventh grandbaby on the way and we've been homeschooling for over 25 years. So we have seven kids graduated so far.
2: Wonderful. Wonderful. Which is always a blessing. Um, You know, I I remember my last year of graduation and and, uh, with my, my youngest and and he was really cute. He's like, I feel like I need to get you a present.
3: <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's so great! Isn't that the yeah, truth? It's it's yeah. it's an accomplishment. It I, the, the finish line is in sight for us. We have one left at home, but uh, I'm 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 glad we're still homeschooling after all these years. It's such a blessing.
2: Yeah, I I ended at 32 years.
3: If mm. you can imagine
2: that, um, I always tell everybody, yes, I started when I was 18. Right, <laughs> I right, I exactly. exactly. <laughs> I wasn't married at that time, but uh, when I spoke at conferences years ago, I would say I started homeschooling when some of you, I bet, were in middle school in 1986. And mm-hmm. first, there they would be shaking their heads no, and then they were like shaking their heads yes. <laughs> so, but it has been um, an amazing journey. So, uh, tell me, um, you know, what led you to homeschooling?
3: Well, I think the it was interesting because. I when I was a teenager, I I happened to pick up a book by Dr. Raymond Moore called Better Late Than Early. Wow. And I just there were so many things in that book that resonated with my heart for children I didn't even have yet. So it was kind of a seed sown then and then later a few years later I met a a homeschooling family for the first time and just really really enjoyed their kids and was just so um just impressed by their, uh, character quality, their sense of humor, their quick wit. They were incredibly social, um, <laughs> All right. of these things that uh, we wonder about when it comes to homeschooling, but I, I'm, they were just a great family. Um, and so when my husband and I met and started to talk about getting married and having kids, I mentioned homeschooling to him and he was fully on board. And I was so thankful for that because his brother wow. happened to be homeschooling their children who were just barely school age at the time. So I was, I was thankful for that. He was real supportive about that. And then, you know, when we just kind of talk through some of the reasons we wanted to homeschool, we always just tell people we were selfish. We did not want to share our kids with anybody else, especially not Aww. for that many hours a week. Right. And we felt like there were some things we really wanted our kids to have. We, we wanted, first of all, time with them because we wanted to disciple them. And we know that that takes time and we didn't feel like we could do the kind of job we wanted to by sending them away all day, uh, five days a week. And then the other thing is we really wanted our kids to have a childhood. Um, We could really see the value in uh, giving them time and space to play and grow and develop at their own uh, pace. And so what sort of resulted from that was this really kind of beautiful, not perfect, but beautiful combination of directed learning and self-directed learning. And that's kind of, that would probably be the best description of our days. But um, we didn't like what we were seeing happen in the public school. And we just felt like we could do this. Like God was calling us to do it. And if he was calling us to do it, he was going to give us what we needed to do that. And Mm -hmm. I tell parents all the time, you have to understand that your role in your child's life can't be underestimated. Um, you have a very very significant role in their lives. And you know God ordained the family. That was his idea. And he ordained parents and he ordained, he ordained our children, our specific children to be our children. He brought us together intentionally and when you real when you really think that through, um you realize that if that's the case, then God is going to give us what we need to raise and homeschool them. And so that's, that's kind of how we started out. And, you know, of course it wasn't a perfect journey. No journey ever is, but I'm telling you, God has been so faithful and so gracious. And we always tell people it is uh, one of the single best decisions we ever made.
2: That's wonderful. And I I think uh, that's another thing uh, too, that people do not realize. I know a lot of people, uh, pay lots of money for private, um, preschools, and I was one of those. Um, and I thought, and here I have a background in elementary ed, learning disabilities, is what they called it at that time. Um, and also early childhood education. So if anyone could have taught my kids a preschool environment, you know, uh, mm-hmm. at home, it would have been me. But I, even with a degree, was made to feel inferior that, you know, these people, um, I had a child who was speech delayed and even the doctor was saying, well, you need to get him around other children. And my, I'm such a smart Alex. So I came back with, Oh, right. Because three and four year olds can teach him to articulate words better than an adult can. Right. You know, he just, like, exactly. it looked, <laughs> looked at me like, Oh, well, yeah, not, but, <laughs> you know, but I, so he's the expert and, you know, and right. So, You you feel because some people will say in my course of of speaking, um, you know, parents would say, but you have a degree. And I said, and that hindered me in many ways Mm, mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. I can't explain because I was one of those that tried to recreate the classroom in the home. And that doesn't always work, especially for a struggling learner. So I saw that, though. God is good, like you said. And he I really had to pray about it. My husband, um, who also had an educational background, um, was not quite on board. But he did give me a six-month window. He said, mm-hmm. let's try it for six months. If mm-hmm. it doesn't work, we can always put him in school. Mm-hmm. And we never looked back.
3: Right. And that's the challenge that I give at the end of the four-hour school day um, is challenging parents after after kind of laying things out. I, I feel like what I did in that book was to take parents by the hand, walk them through uh, just a lot of, just sort of broadening their view of what education is. And this book is for people who are thinking about homeschooling on the fence or already homeschooling and just right. feeling overwhelmed. I think that's the big thing is, I really wanted to take the overwhelm out of homeschooling. And so when I get to the end of the book, that's the challenge is, you know, try it for a year. Just, just, you're not going to ruin your kids in a year and just, Consider it an adventure that you're going on together, and see how it goes with with these things in mind that I've talked about in the book. And so that's such a great. I I love that your husband did that. He said, "Here, just give it a try. Give it. Let it be an experiment."
2: (laughs) Yes, and we never went back. Um,
3: Mm, I love it. The
2: other thing too is one of the out, uh, you know, like the you know how things like you take you take a medicine and it has these side effects. Well, one of the side effects of homeschooling is that you grow as a family, even through mm-hmm. your mistakes. I've never, uh, I always admit I'm one of those that's like, it's my fault. I did it. You know, I, I don't right. have a problem saying that I messed up. And, you know, my, my kids have learned some of the things that are good in our, in our backgrounds. You know, they pick mm-hmm. up some of the, the bad habits, but we are such, um, I have to say a close knit family. My mm-hmm. kids are friends. My old, mm-hmm. uh, youngest two a room together and mm-hmm. they had they spent the first couple of months explaining that it's okay for siblings to get along they oh. shared an apartment
3: isn't it that blew, funny
2: it they it blew their mind and they were like wow. you know we don't get it and and mm-hmm. she's like you know mike and i because at the end um the, the next one up was five years older than the youngest so he was three years older but he had different interests so really michael and Anne. Together, and they were like, "Well, didn't you homeschool? Weren't you like sick of each other?" So, you know, she she said to me, um, "You know, I, I I spent so much time explaining that." You know, she said, "Finally, she didn't even try to explain anymore." She goes, "It's okay to like your siblings."
3: Mm. <laughs> and I, was like, like, isn't I a,
2: couldn't. So, how is your? I'm sure your kids are close to. Yeah,
3: I couldn't agree more. And you know, honestly, that's the thing that I I've noticed um, as I. As I wrote the book, when I got to the end of it, I realized without even intending to, um, there was such a strong thread of growing a strong, healthy family. And that's really, at the end of the day, that is one of the biggest blessings of homeschooling. And we found this with our own kids. I spent a lot of time along the way learning conflict resolution so that I could teach it to my children along the way because I wanted them to not only be friends, um, but I wanted them to um, just understand how important relationships are, how important family relationships are. And so we I really made a concerted effort to nurture sibling relationships and that means taking time along the way to nurture those relationships and, and they are nurtured by our children working and playing alongside of each other. And, you know, it's easier sometimes to let our kids play with the neighbor kids because they get along better, but really by prioritizing family time and prioritizing our kids time together, we really do send a strong message that family is important and we want to do that. And I look at our kids now and uh, same thing we've got, we've had a couple who have uh, been roommates Along the way, they, you know, and these are the two that really clashed during their childhood years. <laughs> and so that was just such a, That's it was just such a great thing because what happens price, is, yeah. yeah, our kids learn, they learn um, what healthy relationships look like from family life. So they learn what healthy communication is. They learn how to treat other people the way they want to be treated. They learn to be other oriented. They learn teamwork. I mean, the list just goes on of what they can learn starting in childhood with sibling relationships. And our kids love to be together. They love it. We have one in Washington state. So across, we live in North Carolina. There's five of our kids here, one in Washington state, one in Idaho, one in Denver. And I'm telling you when they get together, it's like no time has passed. And they love to sit around the the fire pit and talk about their growing up years and the crazy things they did. And they're, and they're just literally like, they're laughing so hard, tears are running down their faces and they're just, And and that's just a gift for them. You know, it is such a gift. We told them growing up, we said, you know, if you can get along with and learn teamwork and learn how to treat people in your own family first, you can do it anywhere. Like this is really the, it's training ground. It's, it's sometimes the hardest place to do it because you feel safe there And so you tend to not behave yourself as much and you take each other for granted. And so we were always working on that, you know, is that how you would treat a friend or is that how you would want to be treated in that situation? And so just all of that just has ended up affecting our children in so many positive ways. Not only are they best friends, they also know what it looks like when they when they're working with other people on jobs in their careers um their employees have comment employers have commented on their work ethic, their teamwork, the way that they know how to work with other people and bring a positive attitude into the workplace and all that happened at home, you know it started at Beautiful. home, yeah.
2: And, and that's the thing, you know, uh, you address some of the issues that parents have and some and overcome those at the very beginning, which I think is really good, um, because that is something that we have to remind ourselves uh, when people say, well, you know, you really um, don't have the background or you can't possibly teach any mm. uh, grade level. When I started, it was a lot more difficult because the materials were not available, but we're high school parents. So we figured it out and we had science labs. I mean, I wrote and spoke about science, but I didn't like getting dirty. So Mm -hmm. it's okay. We ended up having a doctor come teach dissection. So now you've got an MD, you know, during a camping trip, we had him do some, so we had so many like more, (laughs) more capable people, you Mm -hmm. know, in those days when we were trying to figure it all out. And now I feel like parents are overwhelmed. And so they really have to pray and discern. And one, uh, the other thing I love is how you encourage parents uh, to look at each child individually.
3: I was just saying, I think as parents, um, you know, especially when we're homeschooling, we really want some sort of measuring stick. It, it's really kind of what we're looking for and hoping for. And I think we, if we can get away from performance, Mm-hmm. being the measuring stick, um, as much as purpose. I think that changes things. We make purpose our measuring stick. So we're reminding ourselves, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why, why do I want to homeschool my kids? Or why am, why did I decide to homeschool my kids? I think having a mission statement statement is really important. It doesn't have to be long, but something brief and to the point, I know for us, we had our, uh, we had about three or four things that were just sort of our overarching goals and we could sort of filter, uh, our activities and our direction, according to those goals, things like wanting to raise lifelong learners, wanting, um, our kids to be resourceful, have a good work ethic, um, you know, have a relationship with the Lord. And so those were, those are important things for us. And so I think that, Um, Having something like that is really, really important.
2: That's wonderful. And I think that is uh, one of the keys to um, homeschooling. Of course, you're going to tweak it as the years go on. But, um, you know, that is foundational for our children, for them to understand, too, what their mission is, because helping you reach your goal. Right. Right.
3: right. I always tell parents, be stubborn about your goals, but flexible about your methods. So the mission statement would be about your ultimate goals. And then, Mm -hmm. and then we're flexible about the methods of how we're going to get there, depending on the child, depending on the season of life we're in developmentally, where our kids are on that, that, uh, scope as well. And so we can just, um, but we always have a direction. I think this is important because we can get caught up in the minutia of homeschooling day to day there's a lot of you know a lot that goes on every day um, and and we just sometimes need to step back and look at the big picture again and remind ourselves what what are my overarching goals with these kids. And what do I really feel like God has for them and wants for them ultimately, and then be able to sort of align everything back up with that. And it just really helps reduce the anxiety because we're not wondering, we don't feel directionless. And I think that's just so important. We've got to have purpose.
2: Wonderful. And I think that, that is so key. I love it. So here's the million dollar question. How can moms (laughs) gain more time in their day It is sometimes overwhelming. And at the end of the day, you're like, we didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the year, when you're putting together a portfolio, you're like, oh my gosh, we did all this. Right. So, um, Some days are obviously better than others, but just give us some little tidbits that would help us. And I'm sure you go into more detail in your book.
3: I do. I do. I do go into more detail, but a couple of things would be simplifying. And one of the ways that I simplified because I'm a type A personality, um, if I did a lesson plan, I know people use planners and they love them. and, And I have, I'm not opposed to that. If that's something that works well for you for me, it didn't work well. So because I'm a type A personality, I would think I've got to do all of those things. Now I had, Mm -hmm. I had a general plan. Like I knew what we were going to, the basic things that we were going to cover every morning, but I didn't have page numbers. And then we're going to do this activity and that activity. Because what I found was if I was going to follow our kids' interests at all, I needed to leave some margin for that. And then when they did you find an interest, which they inevitably did. Um, you know, just day to day. You know, when they're little, they they play outside. Maybe they're into worms for a while. Maybe they're into dinosaurs for a while. But you can't predict that. So what I would right. do is, as they found those interests, I would begin you know, I would encourage it. I would say, Hey, maybe we should, what do you think about getting some books at the library or off our shelf about those specific things and just put them in front of them and say, you know, do you want to look through these? And we would just talk about different ways to pursue that interest. And I would just try to feed that fire and feed that flame. And then I would just document what happened that day or that week. And what I found was as I documented The directed, but also the self-directed. Our kids were getting a full education, so I kind of call it sort of like reverse engineering uh, our kids' education. You know, it's it's a way to um, leave margin, have direction, but leave some margin for experiences and exploration. And sometimes we end up as homeschoolers will end up with an opportunity we didn't plan on. You know, for instance. Uh, our, our grandson was, was, you know, just in the house doing his, his chores and doing his little schoolwork thing. And then, you know, this, the concrete truck fall, uh, shows up to do some work across the street. Well, guess what? He can drop what he's doing and he and his mom can uh, either sit there and look out the window or go, you know, a little closer and observe and watch and, you know, and I can be pointing out things or she can be pointing out things to him about, Oh, do you see that over there? Do you see how he did that right? There is just a full experience for our kids and we can document that. And so it's just, it was just a great way for us to be able to, um, like I said, have some direction, but also freedom and flexibility, which is Something that is so wonderful about homeschooling, but sometimes parents forget to enjoy that piece of it because they're fearful or nervous about not doing enough. But the reality is our kids will often show us what they're ready to learn and when they're ready to learn it.
2: Wonderful. And that, um, you know, you you do talk about going through some of the fundamentals um, in education with your children.
1: Mm-hmm. And when I read
2: it to my husband, he said, "I told you to do that because <laughs> I did it always." <laughs> but uh, like, if you were talking about you know reading, writing, and math, and I, uh, my youngest or my oldest, sorry, he was so speech delayed that science was the, his back door to getting him excited about things. So it was we had a pond, so it was a pond book, and so I, I loved science, and and he would open up and want to talk about it. And I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he, he absolutely loved it. And we still have that pawn book. I will not get rid of it without its cover. You know, it's like one of those right. little, um, right. you know, little books you get at the store at any um, nature center. And because it it reminded me that what, by going through their interests, that is how you're going to get them to read. And right, how right. His vocabulary would grow because scientific words are a little bit more difficult. And, they are, they
3: are. I love what you, you know, called that the back door. I think that's a really great analogy. Yeah.
2: So, um, but, but I did read him that, that section there. And cause he was just like, just stick to the fundamentals. And I was, you know, he has an education background, although I told him it was P E and that didn't count. <laughs> <So> <laughs> was, of course I have, I have have four athletes in the family and, and two went to college on scholarships, so it, it did count for something.
3: It absolutely it, did.
2: Yeah. But um but yeah, I I just love that you fostered that interest. Because I one of my pet peeves and my listeners, I know you you guys know what I'm gonna say. Um, But I will go on and on about giving children time to think. Mm
0: -hmm. I think
2: that is one of the fallacies in any educational program is that you, the children are so inundated with work from the minute they get up, even with chores, Mm -hmm. to the minute they go to sleep. Not that those things aren't important. But there's never any time to think for themselves.
3: Right, right. They need um, time for reflection. They They need time to do things by themselves and to discover things on their own. I think that's one of the um, most powerful ways that our kids learned how they learn. And this is something else that I talk about in the book, um, that when we give them that time and space, they they. They have a they have a process and a and a journey that they need to take to learn how they best take in information and how they best learn. And an example of that would be our son who just loved to role play, and so from the time he was very young, he would you know two years, three years old, he loved Thomas the Tank Engine, so he would wear a, an engineer's suit every single day. And then he did that for a couple of years and then it switched to a pilot and he had a pilot, a flight suit that he wore every single day. And he was just, and I, and I, I mean, after a certain amount of time, years and years of this, I looked at my husband and I said, how in the world is this going to benefit him in the long run? I don't know how this fits together. Well, it turns out. Eventually he, he, uh, got into cowboys and, you know, like he loved the cowboy boots and the jeans. He never grew out of that. And now he is not on a ranch, although he does visit ranches where he, he does, you know, ranch hand, farm hand type things, but he works at a Christian camp. He keeps the, the, the campground. He does the activities with the kids and he loves it. But when he was in high school and he needed to, math was not hit a, his thing, but he was taking geometry and he took the approach when he started the class, he said, he was thinking to himself, how can I, how can I approach this? And he told himself, I know what I'll do. I'll just pretend I'm a geographer. So that's what he did. He role played in order to, um, engage in that, in that, in learning geometry. And I just thought, that's so fascinating, you know, how they, they learn, how they learn, they know whether they're better at learning things auditorially or visually or a combination of those or hands on. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just a great, it's just, that's the beauty of homeschooling is being able to lay that kind of foundation for higher learning.
2: And I think too, um, you know, you had different age children and, and you know, eight kids there's a lot of kids Mm -hmm. and i you know i i know that a lot of times books that from my own experience with my daughter she'll listen to something and say oh there's no way i'm even listening to this because that person had one child um and even if you have one child it doesn't mean you shouldn't take this advice as well but having so many uh children you have a different perspective because someone will say you know i had a i had a um a different type of learner, but whatever that is, you've got one of those, you know what I mean? Even right, though right. You have 30 kids in a classroom. Right. So I think that that, you know, does give you some authority in this, um, this book, as well as, you know, all the things that you're out there doing now, because it gives parents, um, you know, through you that experience to, to look at things and, you know, to, the fact that you could be creative and to allow a child to nurture their interest with having, you know, many children that you were homeschooling at one time is really a testament to the vision that God gave you. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's so much easier to just say, okay, look, we're just going to do book work. Um, you know, bother me if you have a question. I mean... You know, right. that r- really is easier and it really, um, I, I see a lot of parents struggling and saying, you know, homeschooling is not working for us because my child's an attention or having attention deficit or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's not allowing that child to learn as they best learn. And I did that a little bit. I wish I had done that more, um, to the extent that you did because I think that, you know, it, it's such a, um, a wonderful way to homeschool. And it's not, you're not saying just let them do anything they want. You know, this is not just like, cause I'm, I'm a type A too. So I know I I already knew the answer to that question.
3: Right, right, right. Yes. You know, know, there needs to be order. There needs to be a certain amount of structure. I I looked at it like flexibility within a routine or, or a Schedule. I schedule sounds a little more rigid. It, it it wasn't rigid, but it was definitely there was order. And uh, you know, I'm the type of person that can't I I can't function in a lot of chaos in my house. So we had I scheduled scheduled. I had time a pick pickup time three times a day. Um, you know, right right before we sat down to schoolwork, right uh, before after lunch, and right before dinner and you know it literally took us 5 to 10 minutes to do it and we just did it we called it like a 10 minute tidy i needed that as a mom and i think it's important for moms to understand that you got to do what works for your kids but you have to also consider what works for you and i tell people all the time i say you know um, this this homeschooling thing that we did um honestly the reason that I even ended up doing this was because I said it was either the nut house or simplify and do this way that was that just felt so much more peaceful. It was such a difference in in my peace level and our kids' peace level, um, doing it this way that I knew I was like, okay, this is what we have to do. And every time I would try to, you know, maybe stuff in extra because I was feeling a little insecure, unsure of myself. It wouldn't work. And so I would just say, Lord, what am I, you know, is this enough? I'm, I'm obviously I'm trying to do this thing. It's not working clearly. We're not supposed to do it, but is this going to be enough for these kids? Am I doing enough? Are we doing enough? And he would always remind me of the loaves and the fishes. And he would, you know, when Jesus told the disciples, yeah. see all these 5,000 people, because the disciples were saying, you know, they need to eat. He, let's let them go eat. And he said, you feed them. <laughs> and they looked at him, you know, right. like what? We can't do that. And they told all the reasons why. And and he said, go and, and uh, gather up what you have. So he was saying, bring me what you have, not what you don't have. Mm-hmm. Bring me what you have. And then he blessed it and he made it more than enough. And that's what I saw God do over and over and over again. And so really at the end of the day, this, this homeschooling journey is, it's a faith journey in so many respects, okay. you know? And yeah. so, um, I think just understanding that and being able to, and willing to walk that out. And it's a testimony to our kids as well.
2: Wow. That's, that's wonderful. Well, I highly recommend, uh, this book, the four hour school day. And I was telling Durinda behind the scenes before we went live that I don't do a lot of interviews. And, uh, yet when I saw this book, I knew I needed to have her on because, um, it is excellent. Um, it really lays out her vision clearly, but it also gives you, um, a vision as a parent. And really, no matter where I'm done homeschooling and I still, you know, think this should be required reading, mm-hmm. um, you know, because you can actually help other people, um, you know, with, because I still answer a lot of, well, I'm still podcasting, but I still answer a lot of questions from people about sure. counseling in their journey. So this is great. Um, just wonderful. So tell us where we can find the book. And also, um, I will have some, uh, notes, uh, on the, the show page, uh, that, um, is, I don't even think I told you the name of this podcast today. Uh, the, uh, the topic is the four hour school day. So just look for that on vintagehunkschoolmoms.com. And I'll also have all of Dorinda's uh, social media accounts, but tell us, uh, you know, where you hang out the most on social media and then also where we can find this book.
3: you right. Well, I'm, I'm on Facebook and I'm also the Facebook page is my author page. It's Dorinda Wilson. And then my Instagram is at Dorinda Lee Wilson and i also have a website dorindawilson.com and a podcast the dorinda wilson podcast uh, i guess i just figured since my name is so unusual <laughs> it was safe that. to use it across the board <laughs> i hear you
2: with a name like police i get it okay right dorinda, right dorinda and think is, spell it dorinda d u
3: d u r e n d a
2: very good okay. yes. so that way they'll still be able to to search for that
3: that would be great and thank you so much for having me i i'm I'm honored that you decided to go ahead and do an interview, even though you're not typically doing those. So thank you for doing that.
2: Oh, absolutely. I I just uh, was, you know, really excited to see something that is practical. Um, Years ago, there was uh, something, um, I think it was called like the one four-hour work week or Mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. Of course, I have that book too, somewhere. Right. (laughs) We were talking about de-junking. And, um, you know, he gave some practical aspects about Uh, structuring your day and a lot of it which you handled in your book as well um, was to also look at areas where we you know go down the bunny trail because like you said you know if you look at your house at different times of the day and you're like oh my gosh it's gonna take us an hour but you did it in increments that were doable Mm -hmm.
3: yes yes yes
2: that was that just such great advice right there and I have also found just in my years I've been podcasting for a ridiculous amount of years now um, even before I started the network which we're on our eighth year this year and four years previous to that I had been podcasting on writing and publishing so what like 12 years now Mm -hmm. but when I talk to some of the most successful people I find that they do it right now they don't Mm -hmm. wait you didn't Mm -hmm. wait till the end of the day you picked right. up right then. And I, I've I found that with, you know, like some people that I might've been interviewing long ago and I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, you know, it's like somebody famous here. And I'll ask them for like a bot, whatever. And, you know, before we had, you know, one sheets and all of the exciting stuff we have now and they would get it to me like within a, a, a couple hours, mm-hmm. I had two people. I really wanted to review my book. And within the end of that business day, my book was short that I, I, my most recent, I got back testimonials from them. And wow. so that is something that I see that you're doing in, in your, you know, your homeschool journey. And as a parent mm-hmm. is fostering your children to, you know, not have the attitude. Why do today what you can do tomorrow? It's no, right, right. get it done. And I always like to get it done and get it off of my with, you know, or right. Right. Eat.
3: And I think it's important so. for our kids. That's why I really emphasize, uh, stability through, um, a routine because kids mm-hmm. need to know what to expect. They, do. they need to know what to expect. Um, and, and what we expect. So I always say, um, don't expect what you're not willing to inspect. So I always inspected their chores because Wonderful. I, and I did it at that moment After they said that they were finished with it, you know, at the end of chore time, I did it right then, because if I waited, you know, four o'clock in the afternoon, if I didn't do it that day, and I happened to walk by their room and they were supposed to make their bed at eight o'clock in the morning, and now it's four and I find out they never made it. There's, I can't really instill good habits and work ethic if I'm not staying on top of that and, and being a little bit structured about some of those things, but it really does pay off because so much of life and homeschooling is about plotting. It's just about being faithful in the basics. It's not exciting. Uh, sometimes it, it really, you know, sometimes it, it gets a little wearisome, but it is so effective to just be faithful in the basics.
2: Uh, wonderful. I was going to ask you to sum it up, but you did perfectly right there. <laughs> Well, thank you. I feel like I've made a new friend and I hope all of you listeners also feel like you want to find out more about Dorinda Wilson and God bless Dorinda. Thank and you. Take care. Thank you, you too. All right, everyone. Well, so enjoyed the session. Hope you did too. Leave me your comments um, if you would, or write to me. A lot of you love to email me. So go ahead and do that. You guys, take care. God bless. The show notes for today's episode will be at VintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Look for the four-hour school day. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and the VintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.